I did better than win the lottery. I listened to a 15-year-old who was like, I think a lot of dummies are going to buy this. You should buy it. And then he said to me, I think a lot of stupid people are, are done buying it. You should probably sell it. <laughs> this kid is a fucking... Speaking of human gods. Yeah. Two right uh, opinions. That's That makes you a god. He also was like... <laughs> he was sure. like totally I'm true. It's better, it's better first, than folks. I've done. Yeah, it's better than fucking Jim Cramer or whatever the fuck his name is. Like, Well, yeah, but he's a fucking idiot. Okay, but... <clears throat> then why is he on TV and we're not? <laughs> yeah, uh, and riddle me this genius. Wait, for for serious? Why? Yep. ICO, my my initial cock offering. Coin. Coin. <laughs> Coin. Ah! Okay, look. <laughs> People who believe that cryptocurrency is the future, and I'm sorry, cousin, I'm not going to say your name. I, I mean, it is. No. Yes. No. I'm sorry. Okay. Why? <laughs> You're wrong. Explain it to. Tell me why. Tri- prove it to me. Why? Because it's transnational. Like it's gonna happen. The future. It's just that right now we're in this weird growth period where it doesn't make any sense. Nobody knows what they're worth. But ultimately, yeah. Like, I don't see any other way. Trading oysters for shirts. All right. That's yep. the fucking I mean, future. Barter. It's either barter or cryptocurrency. As soon as the dollar <laughs> collapses. What? What bleak! Like, if I actually believed that that was what the future looked like, I might legitimately kill myself. Like, like or you could just stockpile tuna cans. I. <laughs> what about what about what about digital tuna Yo, cans? Jokes on you! That's not a stockpile. That's three. four tuna cans. Yeah, what? Four tuna cans is not a stockpile. <laughs> That you You're can, prepared that you can see. That's four minutes. <laughs> you don't know it's in my bug no, out zone. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus! Panic room. Oh God. What's, Every, what's wrong with bartering? Bartering's cool. It's because <laughs> yeah, it's he like we're like all going because only crusty hippies do it. Right. No, 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 no. Right. What Hang about on. stealing? Because <laughs> if we were going to barter, <laughs> yeah. we'd have to live in tree houses. If you, the future is dealing each other and stealing, have a cuddle puddle. Oh God! Uh, we have to hug each other. I'm out. Bit t- a bit this talk. Is our, this is our worst episode yet. <laughs> this, is, <laughs> yeah, this is a fucking train wreck. <laughs> no. <laughs> is that new to you guys? What I'm trying to say is that there is actually a real part of the economy that really is happening over cryptocurrency. Like there are huge international banks that move value around using cryptocurrencies. Yeah, but there are also... They, there's no cheaper way to do it. Huge international banks that move money around using like the gold... Yeah, and it's really dangerous. Gold bullion. It's really like super high risk, whereas Ethereum is basically no risk and instant. Because gold can disappear. As we saw in this movie, it floats (laughs) into outer space. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows why. Bringing it back. Welcome to the show, everybody. Let's start with the end of the movie first. Actually, this is one of the movies where I think that makes the most sense. Because of because of the, the time orbos. Uh, welcome. The I'm movie, your host. <laughs> the movie ends with a giant gold orb <laughs> shooting out of the ocean to space, and one guy who's been in the movie and like has had two lines goes, "What the hell is that?" <laughs> That's how the movie Huey ends. What? No, Huey Lewis was in this. Mo- All right, can Huey we set Lewis this up? Is in this yeah. movie? Yeah. The you didn't pilot. know that yeah. he was the helicopter pilot. Oh Holy my God! Shit. What's wrong with you, Raph? Is that why they were talking? You didn't recognize Huey Lewis is when he was wearing giant sunglasses Is that why they were talking about the 1983 album Sports? The entire <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin Hoffman wakes up. He goes, "You've been sleeping a long time." Yeah. 
What's your favorite uh, ni- record from 1983? Dustin Hoffman. Uh, sports. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Hoffman sports. Impression? <laughs> Who makes an like album called Sports? It's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean... It's the most ridiculous album title. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. <laughs> Welcome. I'm your host, Asher Lack. With me are my co-hosts, Dr. Alan Sussman. What's up? Raphael Rettenberg, ESQ. Hey. And the Honorable Sam Lazarus, I said you guys out of order today because you're sitting out of order. For sitting this out of order. This whole podcast is out of order. <laughs> uh, and today we're talking about Sphere in 1998, 1998, Barry Levinson. Can we talk about why we picked this movie? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Shapes. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, Alan and so Sam, and to some degree, Raph. If you know of any sci-fi movies idea. besides Cube and Sphere that I think there's a circle. Names, well, there's no more platonic the solids. We can watch the circle. There's no it's more true. platonic solids. I don't know if there's a square. Yeah. There is hypercube. I don't know. Yeah. Hypercube. Hypercube is, that is shape, not a shape. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. It's a four-dimensional cube. Okay, well, we have Asshole. to do it. <laughs> yeah, then we got it. Okay, fine. Fair enough. It's, <laughs> well, it's, it's four dimension. Te- is it a technically a shape? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just asking. Wait, I was, is a square I was, a shape? I was disagreeing. Yeah. Well, a square has two dimensions. Is a cube a shape? Yeah, that's three dimensions. Okay, so... Are you suggesting that only shapes that have two and three dimensions can be called shapes? And one dimension. What Name a one-dimensional shape, ref. <laughs> point. <laughs> My dick. <laughs> okay. A point is zero-dimensional. Oh, yeah. Wait, how is a that? Line a line is... Is one-dimensional. Oh, Because it has the dimension of along the line. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> it is the only one-dimensional shape. Well, but I'm not sure if a line. No, is there's shape. also a point. There's also segment. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Nope. Nope. That's wrong. Oh God. Incorrect. You guys basically sound like the episode. second half of this movie, where they're like <laughs> trying to explain the science of this fucking <laughs> nonsense piece of shit. For those of you who haven't seen this movie, watch Solaris instead. Yeah, watch Solaris instead. The first half hour I thought was pretty solid, or the first 45 minutes of this movie was like enjoyable. I thought. I agree. I, if yeah. you read the book, the movie's a lot better. Yeah, and uh, for listeners who don't know, this is based on the Michael Crichton novel of the same name. I don't know what year it came out, and I don't 87. care. 87. Oh, you don't care, sorry. No, I do. Um, this is like one of... That was one of the only books that I have read that was sort of like a bestseller like in the zeitgeist book. Like It's like that, like fiction book. It's like that and like the Harry, the Harry Potter books. So initial impressions of this movie? I enjoyed it. Terrible. It's pretty bad. Wait, has anyone here seen the movie? I before, before? yeah, of course. Yeah. I saw it. We in all theater. Saw it I think we all saw this together. No, <laughs> no, it's for another. I think podcast. we all saw this movie together, or I saw it with my parents. Or, I don't know. <laughs> that makes sense. I just I, I remember did see it before. I don't think I realized I saw it until maybe I think the giant mm. golden orb shot out of the ocean. I was like, <laughs> very. I remember scene. this. <laughs> I remember this happening. You know the the scene with the squid eggs coming down really. Mm. brought me back yeah i forgot about that in my brain i feel like i must have seen this movie several times because i remember i i guess you guys all read michael crichton books right and yeah i read this this book and jurassic park yeah and i remember yeah and probably congo and like i remember one of my favorites was i think a sort of dark horse for him because it wasn't really sciencey eaters eaters of the dead yeah. It was like a retelling. Yeah. It was a retelling of Beowulf from like a uh, Persian explorer who had like gone up to 
Denmark and there was like the and Beowulf was actually like this like Cro Magnon monster that was like eating the, the Danes. Huh. It was pretty weird. Is this movie a documentary? <laughs> <laughs> it's historical fiction. I don't know. When when we were little kids, I feel like Michael Crichton was one of those readers that like I I could writers. tell or, yeah, that's what I meant. Writers <laughs> that like I could tell like not I guess stupid adults read and then like my friends who were like eleven read. Hmm. Right? It's and airport fiction. This I'm not was, sure if I could tell that yet this was the book that i remember all of my friends who were like into michael crichton said was their favorite one they were like oh yeah. jurassic park is, is cool the best. yeah it is yeah yeah jurassic park is okay the real real crichton yeah. experience <laughs> the real crichton heads love sphere and i, I mean, remember it being an awesome movie. oh the andromeda strain that's another oh one. yeah that's right that's, i think they also made a movie out of that I yeah but that's from the 70s i think right oh for real I think so. I think it's pretty early. Maybe I'm wrong. It might be. I read a lot of these, I guess. Yeah. Well, I think he's like somebody you read as a kid, you know, before you start to move on to like literary fiction, right? It's like somewhere between yeah. reading like Goosebumps. That's how it was for me. And then reading yeah. something That feels real. really elitist. So, that's I remember cool. like when I saw this movie, it was maybe one of the only times when I've seen a movie and been like, that's different from the book. This is this is better <laughs> in the book. It was. <laughs> yeah, you're I'm probably, probably just right. That, that whole thing. Everything about you're probably right. Yeah. Yeah, I, it was definitely. Yeah, I mean, the book is way better yeah. than than the movie. I mean, like in this case, it wasn't. It didn't start off terribly. I had the same experience where I enjoyed made whatever the first forty five minutes of this, because like there are things that in Michael Crichton that are very clever. Like it's not a paint by the numbers thriller. It isn't completely mindless and rote. Unless you read Solaris. Well. <laughs> I mean, like, even to borrow from something as fucked up as Solaris is, in a way, like, kind of a brave literary choice. Yeah. Like, to to consciously crib that, I guess. A lot of a lot of literature is, is stealing. But, I mean, you know. Oh, yeah. Actually, I was reading the Wikipedia article about this. And apparently there's a book called The Red Sphere, or a short story. Do you guys? No. Is it by no. Stanislav? No, no. It's, Lem or I whatever? can't remember the name. But it's loosely based on The Heart of Darkness. Red Sphere mm. is. Um, Red Sphere is like, you know, they go into the depths of of Africa and find like a village where they're worshiping this red sphere. That Ooh, apparently freaky. is of alien origin and there's like men in, you know, in suit, in uh, like space suits. Space suits and stuff. So, I don't know. Yeah. Ancient aliens. Oh, fucking chariots of the gods. But there are there are like clever bits in this. Like the fact that Dustin Hoffman's character, um, like I guess he's a protagonist. Uh, I remember liking that he, the report that they're like basing this entire mission on, the report yeah. he made, he like basically winged it. Yeah, it was he like just fraudulent like, He was bullshit. like, what? He's yeah, like, it's pretty funny. I copied most of this and that was in the book and I was like, that, yeah. that's that's honestly pretty clever. Yes. Because, you know, a, a lesser movie or book would, would be like, you know, you're the author, like you are genius McBrainiac. Like yeah. you are the author mm-hmm. of the definitive study on interhuman alien contact right. and everyone and would actually be, be experts yeah, every, yeah. yeah and he'd just be like well according to my knowledge that i have of my brain aliens <laughs> 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 yeah that's exactly right and, and this is like no 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 we don't know anything i just aliens put my friends down here i mean like, that's sort of the whole they point. love to get funky <laughs> sort of the whole point of the story right is like we're idiots well and i guess right. that like, to me children is the great yeah. thing about this is that it follows like a procedural and so it's very satisfying in that way right where it has all of those beats that you want to kind of melt into 
but then at the same time it does twist on them in a really cool way where it's like you're right these characters are not rote nobody is like the genius it's like Lev Schreiber's character and we can we're going to kind of break the plot down but like Lev Schreiber's character who's one of the people that Dustin Hoffman has listed in his report is like you know he was a young genius and now he's like an adult like fuckface who is like you know uh, yeah. totally corrupted by early success yeah it's it doesn't mm. come across in the book he's like really shitty as a result of that it doesn't come across so much in the movie i think oh really i i got it i thought he was it's hard for me to look at him and think of anything other than ray donovan which i've, I've never watched but it's just like wow there's ray donovan like that poster that show I saw. is that show is racist against uh, irish americans so i think we all had a similar experience with this movie where like i started watching the movie and about an hour in i'm like yeah this movie's not that bad and then it really just gets pretty bad. And then I saw Asher when you were halfway through the movie. Yeah, I, and I then had to you pause. said that you said the same thing. You were like, "This movie, I, I thought it'd be a lot worse." And then I was like, "Just wait." And then Raf mess- messaged, messaged us. Jane. Had you like, seen the whole movie at that no, point? No, at that point I'd yeah. seen the first forty-five <laughs> exactly. minutes. Exactly. I was like, "This is terrible." Then, and then we were like, "Just wait, just wait." <laughs> yeah, but so, what happens? I mean, like filmically. What happened? I mean, I, I can I can make up words. It's fine. Let's break the plot down because so to answer your question, Raph, I think that the reason that this movie fails in the second hour is partially like a, just a general problem with adapting a book, right? Where it's like this is probably a six or seven hundred page novel. I've only seen it like in mass market, but it's pretty thick. And like I would say, probably the first hundred pages are what you see in the first hour and a half on screen, right? And so, like, then you have another hour to get through or another 45 minutes to get through the bulk of this novel. And you have to, like, sew all of these subtleties into things and, and it just gets obliterated. And basically, you end up with, like, you know, five pounds of poo-poo in a ten... Or ten pounds of poo-poo in a five-pound poo-poo bag. <laughs> That's, I a mean... A lot of poo-poo. It, that, That's to me, rough. it's like... you Wait, have the bag is five pounds? The total is 15 <laughs> pounds. <laughs> the bag... <laughs> So wait, do you not have poo-poo bags? <laughs> what the hell is a poo-poo bag made of? Poo-poo. All right. So when Gross. you buy poo-poo bags, you buy them by poundage. Yeah. How much poo-poo they can hold. Is it, I don't... Oh, so it's how much it holds. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I see. And if you were it's to try like and put 10 pounds of poo-poo in a five-pound poo-poo bag, you'd have a poo-poo problem. <laughs> you have a veritable poo-poo platter. You'd have a real poo-poo sphere. <laughs> Yeah, so it's great. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, you're trying to fit 400 or 500 pages of plot into 45 minutes of movie. It's not going to happen. And yeah, and but I I just feel like they could have they could have made this an hour and a half movie and it would have been a lot better, I think. Like yeah. they didn't need to to try to do all the things in like that's that yeah, I think that's what was happening. It's like that second hour they're trying to do all these things that are happen that happen in the book. It's like we we don't really need to see all that. They like also cut, take out cut, a lot of and they cut stuff. yeah they do. It's like cut they could have cut out way more. For well, me, cut out way for more. For me, the annoying thing was like Sam Jackson's character is coming out as like the villain basically. Like you start to understand what's going on. They and, start to portray him as the villain right. for no reason. Yeah, except then he was like he's like acting like the villain. Yeah, right? it's yeah, and then he and then isn't, he, and then he's just normal. Yeah, and then like oh, it doesn't they're make, all it doesn't then, make him and, then him and Dustin yeah. Hoffman are like chilling. They're like right. Well, maybe it's Sharon Stone who's bad, and she's gonna, yeah. I mean, it doesn't. doesn't the, make, she's yeah, crazy. It doesn't make she's any out of her sense. Mind. 
and I think, yeah, it just doesn't track through logically from top to bottom. But I think the other thing that's interesting about, you know, why didn't they just streamline the plot of this movie, which is it's it's wild to watch this in a 90s movie and know that like, okay, now in in like the teens and the 20s, when a studio adapts like a popular piece of IP, they have so much fan service to do. Otherwise, they're just going to get like the shit kicked out of them on Twitter. Right. And that wasn't the case in the 90s. So I don't really have an answer for like, yeah, why do they have to respect this text at all? It's Hollywood. Like they generally don't give a shit about anything. So they should have just been like, oh, this plot line's gone. These characters are gone. I think it has something to do with the idea of like maintaining a kill ratio of like, we need to murder this many people. We need to have this many explosions. Cause I think that was more something that was on the sort of like in the mindset of a 90s film Mm. than fan service. If that makes any sense. But should we break the plot down? Yeah. Queen Latifah gets killed by jellyfish. Yeah. Makes no fucking sense at all. How did they get into her suit? She has a jellyfish up her nose. It doesn't make any sense, Sam. It don't make any sense. Her suit filled with water. So presumably one of them made a hole. With with its knife? (laughs) Like, how? (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying it doesn't have to make sense because it's made up by someone's imagination. In the movie. In the movie. But we don't, as a viewer, we don't know that. Right, so you're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. How could that be? And then you find out it's all manifested by their imagination yeah but then they don't hit that beat hard like they don't <laughs> hit fair. that beat hard enough and and again it's part of like the kind of incomprehensible nature of the end of this movie which i'm just is saying it's garbage. kind of a weak attack to make we i don't know watch this movie <laughs> this movie's gonna tear us apart did you guys friends. notice the uh Fuck you. <laughs> strong latter-day saints undertones throughout this entire movie no oh. okay they don't exist sorry <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> you should see Asher's eyes wow i was you're, getting you're really, really excited, excited. <laughs> no well, they don't exist like, sam, yeah but sam just told us that if a story is dumb and doesn't make any sense <laughs> you should use your imagination it's not what i said <laughs> no, at all no. god damn it. i said the foe is imagination <laughs> wait hang on there was like what that's are you a, being serious hang that's on. a convenient this excuse is a serious complaint but I don't think yeah, people are saying it that it doesn't make sense. They were saying it's just, it's just clumsily done. Yeah. I just think it doesn't make sense that there's a famous rapper working for the <laughs> Navy. Basically, I don't know. I thought that this movie touched on some of the stuff that we talk about a lot in terms of what's actually interesting about our, our general discussions on science fiction in that this talks about time travel and like the Ouroboros of time travel and the kind of general question that's kind of created by every time travel movie, which is... Uh, determinism right yeah, like every time causality. yeah exactly um i think causality is a pr- probably a better word there yeah i agree with you um so let's break the plot down and then we can go from there the movie basically starts with dustin hoffman being helicoptered to the middle of the pacific by huey lewis <laughs> <laughs> you know you're in for a treat <laughs> I, yeah i was just like all right cool i'm yeah i'm locked into this um and he gets briefed that basically they've discovered an alien spacecraft at the bottom of the ocean. And he gets like, he bumps into a bunch of people that he knows. And it turns out that they've all been brought there because he wrote this report for the first Bush administration on what to do if they ever find an alien life. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. Uh, More like what the team, the first response team would look like, which I always thought of us as the first response team, right? You have like, you, you don't think I don't think I could think of a worse team. <laughs> Yo, alien. <laughs> I can't suck a dick. <laughs> you like pizza? 
Oh, I hope you're not contagious. Like maybe me and Alan and like two other people yeah. that aren't you guys. Well, no, see, right. I would be <laughs> the personable it. one who can communicate Person- with them. Yeah, that's you. Personable and good at communicating with new people. <laughs> the alien, they're like, Sam's like, you know, I actually, I like this movie because Sam and Alan cracked the code. It's like, okay, we cracked the code. What does it say? Do you know who killed Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> Shit, we should have gotten, na- yeah, gotten right. Asher here. <laughs> we Damn knew we should have Asher on the team. <laughs> That's God. what aliens really care about. So basically, it turns out that Dustin Hoffman wrote this bullshit. I don't know. I thought that was so accurate to like all yeah. government work where it's like, what great. to do with rebuilding Iraq? And then, and then it's like, I don't know. Can yeah. Flava Flav write a report for this one? Like, <laughs> cool. Let's do it. Totally. Especially, I'd like to tack onto that, that there's like a throwaway line where Barnes, the like captain of the mission, right, mentions in passing that he has like a PhD in aeronautical engineering. <laughs> like, so the only guy, you know, the guy that doesn't seem like the smart one actually is the most well suited to be on the mission yeah, to be looking at an alien yeah. craft because he actually knows what like aeronautical right. engineering. Whereas, like the experts in air quotes are just like. A bunch of people yeah. that Dustin Hoffman knew at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, this person I was sleeping with, uh, this yeah, guy... Can, we, can to... we talk about the characters? Okay, yeah, so so his, his launch crew or his landing crew is basically... It's Dustin Hoffman is the psychologist. Uh, Lev Schreiber is the astrophysicist who is younger than all of them, and it, they posit that he was like 17 when the report was originally written. He, yeah, wrote, he got his PhD when he was oh, 17 or He wrote like 19, a popular, popular science bestseller. Yeah, like astrophysics. I wrote it down. <laughs> astrophysics you can use. It. He really well, did remind <laughs> me of you a little bit. <laughs> Thank you. Well, Neil deGrasse Tyson just wrote a book called Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. Okay, so the the launch crew is... So yeah, Lev Schreiber. Sam Jackson. Sam Jackson, who's... Mathematics. Mathematician. My favorite movie mathematician. Yeah, he is really good, right? Yeah. I, I just like... His first PhD. <laughs> right. Well, That's right. I thought like... You know, oftentimes we watch movies with like again one real actor, and I thought this movie had four real actors in it. But still, Sam was kind of like Wait. lapping everybody. Oh no, he's killing he was it. Fucking donkey on everybody. Yeah, they're all like, "What do we do?" And he's like, "I'm gonna take a nap." <laughs> <laughs> um, he had the best pithiest lines. Yeah, and even his shit where he's like reading the two th- twenty thousand leagues under, under the, the sea. sea. Is just amazing. So Sharon Stone plays the biologist, and then Queen Latifah is Queen Latifah, and uh, this other woman whose name I staff, can, yeah, are just like staff naval officers who are on naval ensigns. Yeah, the the water station under underground, the underwater station where they're going to be living while they view or get to know this alien craft. And then there's the captain guy, who's like it's weird because he's such like a no name actor. I, I I didn't recognize him at all. Really? He was Next in to Contact. Like all these big names. movies. Yeah, oh. he's a character actor who's been. I in, see. He's been in some Robot House movies. And did you guys feel like this movie had a lot kind of in common director wise with Contact, where it's like the stupid cloying strings, the kind of totally thoughtless shots, the camera work is just like not doing anything, the visuals are not really considered. It just felt like, unlike the actual premise and the opening of it, that was pithy and clever. It felt the rest of it felt really unconsidered to me, like the visuals, yeah. the set. To me, as you say that, I'm thinking about the scene where Queen Latifah dies. Yeah, and she spends like 30 seconds talking about how beautiful 
the jellyfish are. Yeah. And it's just like the same line over and over again. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, I knew what was coming, but still it's like, just get there already. Like, why, <laughs> why are we having this conversation with you? Like yeah. she's a Naval officer and she's out there. She's like, wow, guys, look how beautiful everything is. Oh, it's so beautiful. Yeah. Look how beautiful. Wow. It's so beautiful. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're playing like the evil music. Like, right. Right. Much. yeah, I don't know. So, so basically they're tasked with going down to the bottom of the ocean where they are viewing this giant spacecraft that ostensibly crashed there 300 years earlier. Um, as evidenced by the coral growth that Sharon Stone, who I thought was great in this movie as well. I mean, she is friggin' cray. She's freaking out, but I, yeah, okay. I just have trouble with, because the character is one that like throughout the, the whole movie not, is struggling with the idea yeah. that everybody thinks she's crazy. Yeah. And she isn't. Which is right. also really badly done, I think. Like, yeah. I never yeah, believed fair. that she was crazy. You are supposed to think that maybe that's what's going on, right? That's why they made her character have been crazy at one point and or it like, felt like having, a red hair having issues and like if and it, taking pills and stuff. That's supposed to be something that you're thinking maybe that's what's going on, but it never I agree felt with like that, that at all. Totally failed to deliver on that. And there's like, is this person actually going to endanger the mission? And then she's like. And never for a second was like, oh, yeah. Sharon Stone's actually nuts. I mean, no. Maybe I'm projecting. They but that scene to me felt like, you know, believe women. Like, you know, she had an experience and everybody's like, oh, you're crazy. It's I like, see. no, there's another explanation, right? So you I think that was the point? I don't know if that was the point, but I definitely didn't get the vibe that she's crazy. It was <laughs> weird. The abrupt shift from like <laughs> Sam Jackson, like they know he was in the sphere and he comes back. And he like falls asleep while the, a giant squid is attacking. And he's just like being really bizarre and reading a book um, while everything's going down. And then like all of a sudden, it's like Sharon Stone is is leaving. Like everyone just keeps leaving the yeah, ship. Somehow. Everybody keeps going crazier and crazier. And it's like it just it's not artfully done. It doesn't seem like it's in line with no, anybody. Totally ham handed. Yeah, and and nobody has again like something we talk about on the show a lot is like nobody has a cohesive motivation. Right. Like nobody is like, I wanted X in this. And, you know, you can almost think of motivation in a movie or like a character's motivation as like a physical thing. Like, uh, you know, like Newton's is a first or second law of conservation of motion. Like an, an object will continue to move in a direction unless acted upon by an outside force. Similarly, like a character will continue to be motivated by a motivation unless something else interferes or changes that motivation. And we have to see that thing change it on screen. Otherwise, they don't track emotionally. Like we can't identify with this person. They don't make sense to us. I don't know. So I, you know, this movie fucking shatters that obviously about halfway through. So the launch crew descends down to however deep it is in the ocean. (laughs) I really, it doesn't even matter. Um, 20,000 football fields. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And, and they begin to basically explore this ship, which they first, it turns out the ship is American which doesn't make any sense because it's been down there for longer than America has existed. And then they find in the middle of the ship, right? This gold floating sphere. Yeah. And there's also a dead guy, like a skeleton, a dead guy holding a pack of almonds. Right. (laughs) Which is very funny. (laughs) Yeah. I loved that when I was a kid, I remember like seeing his mummified corpse and being super freaked out. And that's, I mean, that's kind of like the high point of the movie. And then the movie is just like yeah. all downhill from there. And the sphere looks there. really cool, I think. Oh, the sphere I looks beautiful looks still. Yeah. My my biggest complaint about this movie is that that is not explored more. Like when they find the report of the, you know, 
unexplained event or whatever. We'll get to that, I guess. Well, no, they look at the black box of the ship. Yeah. And, yeah, or the and flight records. Whatever it is that resulted yeah, that in this too. ship crashing in the ocean. But like they, that list that they see of journal entries extends before and after the unknown event, right? The black hole. Oh, I thought it ended at the no, unknown there's event. at least one more entry after that, which like seeing that list to me, if it were me, I would be like, let's sit down for a day and see what happened. Right? Yeah, you're totally right. And then they just never follow that thread again. That's true. Well, Sam, this is why you you need to be on the launch party and those other exactly. fucking clowns don't. Yeah. And also with the unknown event, they they show like the ship falling into a black hole or something like that. Like the ship is in space and it... Which is my oh, yeah, understanding. And going back to platonic solids, the scene... <laughs> going, oh, going back to that, huh? <laughs> the scene, that, that shot where it like, falls into the black hole and then you've got that like Stargate-esque star field. You know what yeah. I'm talking about? Yeah, where it like... And it's like a straight line with stars zipping off above and below yeah, the yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. That pissed me did, off. Oh, <laughs> did they show that? Yeah. Oh, okay. How else do you represent the black hole? Well, that's definitely not how. Also, I don't think you can like survive a fall through a black hole, right? Mm, I don't know if I that Disney movie science. told us anything into it, through it, and beyond. The best theory <laughs> I've heard is that inside a black hole is another universe. First of all, let's explore that one. Uh, who told you that theory? Well, my dad when I was like 12, <laughs> but then recently... <laughs> that's really good. But then no, recently, he's, he's I was listening to... Uh, lecture series from oxford they do these like science colloquia or whatever yeah um and one of them was a a theoretical physicist and basically that's what he's talking about like one theory is that uh every universe is basically the the inverse of a black hole like the big bang is when the star first collapsed that makes sense and what's inside the event horizon is things fall in they can't go out just like the universe that's also Stephen Hawking's idea, yeah. ba- baby universes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so the so the answer is yes. You can or, go into a black hole, yeah. but you don't come out in the same universe. Yeah, yeah. Whoopsie Maybe tasty. and you can't come out unless theoretically <clears throat> the ship is from an alternate universe where there's a different America in the future, and it just ends up in our universe. Yeah, but then that messes up the movie. Yeah, then there's the, no causal link. Because yeah. the point is that. Oh, yeah. You can't change the future. God damn it. (laughs) Time travel foils me again. But it's also like the the actual physics ways, like the the ways that that physicists theorize where you could travel through time, don't include falling into a black hole, right? Unless there's a wormhole in the black hole. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Or a time machine in the black hole. (laughs) Sure. But no, it's like quickly (laughs) orbiting black holes, right? That could potentially tear. What about TARDIS? Potentially form uh einstein rosenbridge well hang on i want to get to that in a bit because like i I wanted you guys to do some explanation of like the physics of time travel because i just thought of it as like a just complete impossibility but i guess let's Uh knock out the rest of this the the interesting thing that i have heard uh about time travel which i heard from ben and so maybe you can maybe it's wrong across this Uh uh, double check this i feel like this keeps coming up he says yeah and We've I never know how to respond yeah, okay. because I'm not Ben. What, okay, cool. <laughs> what does he say? That uh, essentially you can't, um, there's no way to travel through space or time in such a way that you break like the causal sort of light cone 
that you live in. In other words, you could travel forwards in time, but you can't travel backwards in time because that's a time that you in principle have already experienced. So it breaks the idea of conservation of information or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it breaks a lot of sort of pretty big fundamentals, right? Yeah. Like Ben told me that with wormholes, the math that, that we use to describe a wormhole, the out, the other end of the wormhole has to be causally disconnected. Meaning it has to be at a place in space time, which is, is further enough away from where you started that you couldn't get back, that you couldn't send light back so that it would reach where you left before you left. Yeah. There's no way to communicate information faster than light. Exactly. Essentially. So in that construction, it would be the time travel you see in this movie would be impossible, but so would most time travel movies. Yeah. Fair enough. And certainly there's physics we don't understand out there. So that could be a wrong interpretation. But yeah, so basically they find the sphere and we know that the sphere is like some next level shit because it do- it reflects the whole room, but it doesn't reflect them. Which like, again, this is my favorite part of the movie. Yeah, that, that is concept. a rad thing. Well, yeah, that it has some kind of consciousness. Uh, there's a few. Not just that it has consciousness, it has consciousness and it recognizes other consciousnesses. Yeah. 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 It's very clever. Yeah, it's cool. And again, th- disappointing how this movie was manhandled. But yeah, also, yeah. also, it doesn't necessarily mean it has consciousness, right? Well, it could, <laughs> could be like a just a yeah. <laughs> the, yeah, it could be a decision tree of like I it recognize could be a motion sensor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I just think it's a cool to reflect idea. the things that move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So they watch the black box on the alien ship of like how the the ship got there and it like accidentally crashed through black hole which like I, I was wondering if the ship was designed to go travel through time in the first place or if it traveled through time accidentally and ended up where it well, that's was the unknown event isn't it yeah that's the unknown event um and it's also tra- I, I thought it was right. oh so then it's i don't i don't think it would it was designed for it right yeah i or guess the ship? Be unknown or the sphere the ship, the ship yeah, right. carrying the right. sphere no it certainly wasn't designed but it's weird because the sphere finding the sphere should be in the logs that's right? that's my point okay. yeah. yeah like why isn't there an entry like presumably what happened there, is they there went is through an the black entry hole. they just didn't look right that's my point yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. presumably okay. they went the through the black hole and then when they came out the other side the sphere was on the ship oh you think that's what happened like it was i mean if that's not what happened we're doing the thing that asher hates when i do which is just adding details to the story that aren't there in text actually i, I think I in assumed. this case i think you're i i think they address this somewhat because i think the captain i'm sorry to interrupt you raf that's fine i think the captain <laughs> of the mission whatever the character actor guy who isn't sort of part of the rest of them barnes. yeah barnes he mentions Peter Coyote. selena <laughs> and barnes yeah that's right <laughs> Um, he mentioned our sponsor, Salito and Barnes. Injury attorneys. Uh, he mentions he's like the holding things like this are obviously what this ship was designed to do. So okay, maybe they were on an expedition to find strange objects. I think that's what that's what he sort of implies. But that doesn't mean that they like for one thing. How would you know that there was something inside a black hole to retrieve? No, 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 I think. I, I don't know. I think he, he basically like the implication of the story, at least as his narrative that he gives to the audience is, is basically that like some future earth, they have very fast space travel technology and they're tra- like traveling around the cosmos, picking up cool shit from different places. And this is one of those things. Oh, so you're saying maybe they found the, 
sphere before the black hole. That's right. I think that that was the implication. I mean, that's possible, but of yeah, we, we never know. We have no idea. Yeah, and I think, listen, I think we've gotten to the bottom of this movie in that you were just like, yeah, why didn't you guys watch the rest of the log videos? It's really Idiots. missing. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Next, we <laughs> should watch Event Horizon because it's almost the same story. I fucking love that movie. Um, but it's not named after a shape. There's a true. lot unexplained. Somehow they time travel and they end up back on Earth. Underwater. Underwater. On the, yeah, like it's because very they, lucky. They later explain like, I, and I actually like this, the, the idea, you know, they try to get the door open and they chip the paint. Yeah. And Sam Jackson is like, how what is that What kind of possible? an indestructible ship yeah, has chippable right. paint? So like clearly it didn't re-enter the atmosphere and then crash at the bottom of the ocean because it would be fucked up. So it yeah, must have materialized. So it went through a black hole, materialized 300 or more years in its own past, more like 400 or more. Yeah. And on the bottom of the ocean, on the planet, it came from. Right. Like the <laughs> only reasonable dink? explanation of that is that the sphere brought them home. Right? Yeah. Could be. Which is possible. Like maybe that's what the point of the well, movie is. And I thought that the sphere represented some kind of alien intelligence like yeah. Like the zone in Stalker or like the planet in Solaris that was like this kind of, or the, you know, the, I almost said ghost baby, the obelisk or the star child. It's in really fundamentally different though, because hmm. this is like a wish machine that was delivered to earth and then decides to leave when they realize that they're not ready for it. Right. Whereas those other stories are like, there's this thing that exists and we're, we, you know we're yeah. we're surfing the edge of it, it. Yeah. yeah and so it's it's kind of annoying to me honestly like it's kind of test for humanity somehow it's very christian in nature yeah. right yeah so the other thing that i mean now that we're at this point the other thing that wasn't really resolved and i was annoyed by is that dustin hoffman's character posits at some point that this is like a malign consciousness he's like it's been down there which is sort of interesting coming from a, you know, a psychologist viewpoint. It's like it's been down there, hasn't talked to anybody for 300 years. It's going to be a little bit in, insane probably, but they never really, I don't think they really even um, reach a conclusion. Like, is this being done by the sphere or is it being, this is being done by people who've entered the sphere? Yeah. Like all the man- yeah they, well, Jerry, well, wait, why don't we, yeah, let's get to that in the in let's the yeah let's breakdown. roll with the plot breakdown. So essentially, when they're they're sort of viewing the sphere, they come back to the the they come back to the undersea base. And actually, Samuel L. Jackson I think has the coolest thing. And and this is where I think there are no uh, log entries after the unknown event. Is that Samuel L. Jackson says, "Well, obviously we all died down here." He like gets very calm, and everybody else is kind of very weirded out by seeing the sphere. And he says, well, it's obvious to me that we're all going to die down here. It's really shitty reasoning. And it is. It really yeah, it is. is really shitty reasoning. <laughs> but which it, it's kind of cool, I but thought, it doesn't make much sense. It's a cool conceit, but he's clearly wrong. Yeah. Like, that's not the only way that could happen. Exactly. Well, and, and so for listeners who haven't seen it, Dustin Hoffman is like, why? Why do you think we all die down here? And he's like, well, look at the log on the spaceship. He was like, there, <laughs> the last thing says unknown event, and then there's nothing after that. If, if there was something... I that, think you're remembering the line wrong. I'm, I'm not remembering, yeah, at all. But He's, yeah, that's... He just says the, it's an unknown event. event. Yeah. Why is it unknown? Because nobody knows that this is going to happen. Why does nobody know it's going to happen? Because we all like die. At that's least only... three other explanations <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can come up with, including the one that happens in the movie, that don't involve them dying. Right? Yeah. I mean, the, I would just think... Gov- I mean, first of all, we don't really know how time travel works. 
Second of all, right? Like, well, that's the other thing. How do you know that there is only one timeline? Yeah, that's that was, not settled. Yeah, that's one thing. And then yeah. the other thing is Sam. I, I would think if if I really did Jackson. think that Thanks. it had to be one timeline, I would think like government cover up, right? Government yeah, cover up, totally my or, mind would go. Or that was my the ship too. gets destroyed and nobody believes them, or nobody cares because it seems like bullshit, or they keep it a secret. Or the government keeps it a secret, and yeah. somehow it's you know does or, not carried forward to that. Or yeah, that data gets All lost. Pieces out, other out of space. <laughs> yeah, or the data gets lost, right? Like yeah. we, we give the data to our government and then sometime between when we discover the sphere and when future people discover the sphere, there's like a civilization reset and they lose it's all that It's a massive info. cover up by blue yes. diamond almonds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically uh, the, the rest of the movie is, you know, you go into the sphere and you're unconscious becomes manifest and it's basically yeah. a so shitty like version Samuel of Jackson Solaris. goes into the sphere. He, he like wants to know what's inside. But then does so he like sneaks out? He goes in, and then, and then he's asleep. He's like asleep for a while, right? He's out for a like while, a day or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then horrible things start happening things to the station, which you know, yeah. Queen Latifah gets killed by a cadre of jellyfish, which is weird because that's Dustin Hoffman's fear, and we oh, later find out yeah. that it's because he also went into the sphere yeah, without well, realizing, but that was it, which made also no sense. Really stupid because Dustin Hoffman go like once. Samuel Jackson goes into the sphere. Dustin Hoffman goes to get him. But you see Dustin Hoffman go into the sphere at that point. Yeah. When he goes to get him. So you already know that he went in. And then they play it in the movie like it's a big reveal when you find out he went into the sphere. It's like, we saw it happen. You showed it to us. Yeah, I mean, yeah. They, they all go <laughs> in. They all start manifesting like their worst nightmares, which again, it's like, why? I mean, Alan, that's kind of what I was trying to say before. Like, there were really heavy gaslight vibes to me at that part of the movie because Dustin Hoffman went inside. We know he went inside. Presumably he knows that he went inside, even if he doesn't remember being inside. Yeah. Right. Well then later and at yet, the end, he he's says, blaming Sharon Stone's character for everything later. Right. I see. And, and that's definitely in there. Like it doesn't make any sense. Why would, why would anyone like a psychologist should be able to see that in themselves. Well, right? at the end of the movie, he just says like, oh, I must have gone in too, but I don't remember. And that's it. That's I all guess. he says. Yeah. And it's like, really? That's what you're going to give us? That's that's the explanation? Yes. It's, it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, basically, it so really like, falls apart. Like yeah. it would have worked better if he had just revealed that like, yeah, he did go inside, but he couldn't bring himself to believe that it was him doing all this stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. so they have a round robin of blaming each other yeah. for who's in the sphere, who's manifesting this stuff. And then meanwhile, right. they start communicating with an entity called Jerry, which, again, this is one of the stupidest things in this movie. I don't want to dig oh, into the it. keyboard thing? Yeah. Because oh. okay. it would fuck up the whole keyboard. You wouldn't just get yeah, one yeah, letter yeah. wrong. <laughs> right. That's not how it works. Oh, no, there's so much wrong with that. I know. Like, But but most importantly... Wait, let me just explain. Yeah, what let's the, explain okay, what it is. For So, yeah, they look at like the computer screen and they start seeing numbers on it or something. And then yeah. they're like, what do these numbers mean? There's a pattern. So then they, they realize very quickly... Samuel L. Jackson, Samuel who does Jackson. a really well, no, good it's really, job. It's really Liv, Shri Liv Schreiber, who, Schreiber. Oh, is he? Because he's like... Oh, a sphere. You would map the keyboard as a sphere would see it. Yeah. In a sphere. So we'll start at the middle and spiral out. That makes sense. <laughs> 
It's so insane. It to me. Of course, it does make sense. <laughs> if, if you start at the middle, which is no, H. No, if, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm not going to quip, uh, you know, what's the word? I'm quibble. Gonna, quibble with you over whether the middle of a keyboard is G or H. Like, there's obviously no middle of a keyboard. But the bigger point is like. Yeah, there is. What? No, there's not. Yeah. The big point is that why would there's you assume little, that Remember there's a little button there at one point? But no, my point is like. Knowing as we do that this is an um, this is a dream machine, obviously whatever idea they come up with is going to be right. Oh, but then why are they getting it wrong? Because it turns well, out that they got the they modeled the keyboard wrong. The entity that they they think they're speaking with the sphere itself, and it turns out they're speaking with Samuel L. Jackson's also, unconscious. Can I just say the line? My name is Jerry. Contains an A. Yeah. So exactly. if the mapping for E is wrong and it should actually be A, the name is N some letter M A. Yeah. The whole thing doesn't make it. My sense. Noma is, yeah. is, is j- it's fucking it's Harry. Wait, wait, let's just explain because I mean, the only thing we've said Samuel Jackson's character is named Harry. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. make any it sense. Make it's sense. complete garbage. And th- and that's when they're like trying to cast Samuel L. Jackson as the villain. And right. then all of a sudden Sharon Stone's worst fears are coming true because right. there's sea snakes everywhere, which also everybody has a lot of very ocean themed <laughs> worst fears. Oh, I thought oh, that convenient. was also Dustin Hoffman's fear. No, Dustin Hoffman's fear is jellyfish. Samuel L. Jackson's fear is giant squid, and Sharon Stone's fear is sea snakes. They get attacked by all three simultaneously, and it makes no sense. I thought Samuel L. Jackson was going to have an alien burst out of him. Once things start falling apart, the the movie is just it's yeah. It's when, when stuff starts manifesting is when it starts getting really bad. I think. Yeah, and it, it's just like it's like a monster movie because there's a squid attacking the base, and they, they don't they, actually like, show the squid though. I yeah, think, they do I on think the that, sonar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they show the squid and on the sun. when the eggs fall, it makes no sense because yeah, the eggs are falling on yet. them, but the squid <laughs> is 100 feet away. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's just like... And the squid is just laying eggs, like... <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, oh, here I am, time to... <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Again, I mean, though, it does make sense if it's all just imagination. That's true. You are correct in saying that like the nonsensical nature of this is, yeah, yeah, it's just imagination. And in the book, they lean on that really heavily. Like all the manifestations don't make any sense. But there's more time for them to sort of explore the nonsense of it. And I think that had this movie been... Solaris. Yeah, Solaris, exactly. Basically, everybody dies except for Samuel L. Jackson, Sharon Stone, and Dustin Hoffman. And they get on the mini sub... And the squid. <laughs> the squid survives. <laughs> survives. And yeah. Another, I mean, another qualm I have is just like, if you had the power to like manifest anything, you'd be like Sexual. constantly manifesting things everywhere. Right. Like well, your mean, imagination is like constantly doing yeah. things. Which is what... Like you wouldn't be manifesting like one thing. Well, that's why every, like, a living green <laughs> M&M lady. <laughs> riding only, my dong. The yeah. only reasonable explanation is that this, the sphere is intelligent. And it's picking things out of their brains to manifest. Yeah, which I love and that. And it's a jerk because it's just the things that they're the most right. scared of. Which also makes the end of the movie not make any sense. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. absolutely abhorrently stupid. Is this how the book ends too? Because it's a real yes. cop-out ending. Oh. Yeah, it's really stupid. So they make it to the surface in this mini sub, but the explosion goes off and kills everything that's down there. Like it blows up the ship. It blows up their sp- their sea station where we forgot like the last manifest manifestation which is like that they 
Samuel Jackson manifests them hallucinating. Oh yeah, into oh the god, ship. yeah, they're, they're like inside. back in the ship. Yeah. Somehow the only manifestation that is actually an illusion. Yeah, and yeah. Not Before a real that, they don't. Esta- yeah. yeah. Before that, they never established that you could do. I mean, I guess right. you could do anything, but they never established that you can like manifest multiple people hallucinating there is a funny scene in this uh that sort of was lost in the mix where they get they finally get a message from the uh the 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 navy ships above them and it's in a code and dustin hoffman says something like oh great a code how are we supposed to translate a code oh it's translating itself that's great (laughs) (laughs) i don't know where that scene came from (laughs) it's in the middle of total fucking chaos what, what was that trying to accomplish? In the I don't. It's just like like you could have just had a clear text message. They were just yeah. like turning up the Jewish. I, did you yeah. Yeah, were, where it was like like oh you guys think like Barry Levins is like oh you, you guys think that you can't have an action movie with Jews? He has an action movie with Jews. It was yeah. <laughs> we're really not getting across like how just how terrible that that hour well, is. Like it's just because we're because we're really we really didn't spend much time on it because. Because you could summarize it so easily. Yeah, it's like everything explodes, <laughs> everybody dies, they're manifesting a bunch of gobbledygook nonsense, and then they get in the submarine and escape. And it's just like, okay, there were some cool aspects to it. Like, they keep showing as members of the crew die, they show their bodies in bags. Lev Schreiber also gets cooked to death. And which, crushed. And crushed, which like neither of those things actually would have killed him, but we don't need to get into that. This, this movie sucked so much. It's so hard to talk about. Yeah. Because it's just like... It's making me angry. Because the end is, <laughs> is such wow, a... Well, that's a feat. <laughs> I, I, I've only... I literally have only seen you angry once. Really? Was it... A, yeah. No, because you weren't here when we taped the Terminator episode. That's true. <laughs> the movie... I don't... The end of this movie is so insulting to everyone's intelligence, it's unbearable. Because they, they make it to the surface and then they're like in a decompression room for like a week. Also, these Navy vessels don't look very like sophisticated. Oh, yeah, wooden doors? Look, it, looked like, it looked like a Staten Island ferry yeah, or something. Yeah, what the fuck? So they make it up to the surface and they get put in a decompression chamber for like a week. And the three of them, Samuel L. Jackson, Sharon Stone, and Dustin Hoffman are like, okay, we got we to gotta come up with a story here to explain why we blew up all of that stuff and why we're, you know, before we start manifesting a bunch of crap, one that doesn't explain anything because we know causality, time travel, this event never gets explained. Total bullshit. So they if resolve... You believe, if you believe in that kind of causality, then it's also true that there's nothing that you could say that would bring that information forward because you already know it didn't make it. But to be on the safe side, they decided to <laughs> man- manifest forgetfulness. Yeah. yeah. So they decide to forget and they like hold hands in a circle forget and then the sphere flies away that'd be an interesting like experiment to run like one of them could manifest for to forget and one of them could remember and see if it changed anything <laughs> you're what? officially smarter than this movie <laughs> yeah yeah, Just Wait, who's yeah i also disagree but yeah. also they're saying stuff like all we're way too dangerous because we manifest like snakes and sharks or whatever yeah, but it's, now that you're out of the ocean, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, because, <laughs> because the sphere you only imparts the ability to manifest like, sea creatures. Dustin yeah, yeah. is ocean like, nightmares. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to be with my wife, and I'm going to manifest a shock, and the shock's going to eat my wife, oh, and I don't want that. That line was bad. Uh-huh. Which uh-huh. we didn't even mention that the reason Dustin Hoffman 
put her in his report was because they were sleeping together. Yeah. And that he didn't tell her he had a wife and that she attempted suicide, which is all part of and their backstory. Yeah. Which is like, he's a terrible person. Yes. Yeah. He's <laughs> no, they're all terrible. <laughs> they're all horrible. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but he's I like, thought Sam Jackson they, was fine. He also yeah. watches Lev Schreiber die he's a and then say, he says like, I could have helped him, but I didn't. He asked me to help him and I didn't help him. <laughs> he was like, wait, so you're he said just he was freaking out. I was hungry. Yeah. I'm, I'm, but they don't make. I him was out. comfortable he, sitting there on the floor. <laughs> they should make him out to be a pretty bad person, like a much worse yeah. person. They should have made this like, out to be a different movie. <laughs> all right, that's <laughs> what they should have done. At the end of the movie, like he says to Sharon Stone right before they <laughs> manifest, he just says, "Hey, I did something really inappropriate with you. Yeah, I'm sorry." His apology. Now let's forget about the that. worst it's apology like, I've ever heard. Long time ago, I did some stuff that some people could interpret as bad. Uh, <laughs> now let's forget I so, said that. So uh, you cool? We cool? And also, it's not like it's part of his journey or anything. Like, yeah. like it's not like anything happened that makes you feel like he Wait, learned something. Right. Hang on. Because Dustin Hoffman also got me too'd. So I have really? a theory. Oh. You have a theory that, that this, he time this is, traveled and made this movie <laughs> as a mea culpa from the future where he gets me to boom. Oh, that's it. We cracked the fucking case. I think that violates causality, but I'm but not the, sure. actually, like I say, the only thing coherent about this movie is that in the end, the sphere shoots up from the ocean <laughs> and goes into space. <laughs> that's and really the part some, of this movie. Some that navy guy says, "What the hell is that?" And that's yeah. that makes sense to me. <laughs> because if you saw a giant fucking globe shooting out of the ocean and going into space, you'd be like, I'd, I'd be what the hell is that? Manifesting myself a pizza. Well, he I couldn't manifest it inside. I wake up in my apartment and there's pizzas everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> also, the three of them were screwed, too many pizzas right? To eat. Like, they're going to be asked a bunch of questions and, and they're, they're going to have no anything. answers. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, they're going to say, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we went down there. <laughs> he worked for the president. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, do you guys... Yeah. Should we talk about time travel? I would, yeah, let's yeah I would it. love to talk about time travel. Well, basically, what I wanted to, to hear was sort of like, yeah, the physics of time travel, because it's... Most popular uh, representations of time travel are not consistent. Yeah. Because, like, if if time travel was a thing and you could go back into your own past... That is not consistent with a single universe. It's just not possible. Right? Single timeline. It was a single timeline. Yeah. So like if you can travel into your own past, then we must be in a many worlds universe. Which and again in that universe, it's impossible. The grandfather the grandfather paradox can't happen. Right. Because if I go back in time and murder my grandfather, I will never exist in that timeline. Yeah. So, but we, I am in that timeline, so I will exist as a me that came from a different timeline. There's no paradox there. Right. Right. If you could travel back in time and there's only one timeline, then you could have that paradox. But it's only a paradox because you're saying, what if I could travel back in time? Clearly, this, the resolution of that paradox is if the universe has only one timeline, then traveling into your own past is not possible. Yeah. Okay. You could travel maybe into, like you were saying, a into the causally future. disconnected. Yeah. You could travel in a causally disconnected. Right. Like I could travel into the, the past. Like I could go a year in the past, but I would come out at least a light year away. I think talking about it is similar. Like when we talk about time travel and we say, you know, oh, but it couldn't be like like the way Sam Jackson does in this movie. Like, 
oh, it says unknown, so clearly we didn't tell anybody. That's making so many assumptions yeah. about the system that we live in that we don't actually know the answers to those questions, right? We don't know if we live in a single timeline or if there's many worlds. Either explanation is consistent. Right. So in that moment when Sam Jackson says, oh, it says unknown, either they died or didn't tell people or we live in it's the many a, worlds yeah, universe. It's just a new timeline. It's just it's a, new timeline. a new timeline. Yeah. Come on, Sam Jackson. <laughs> but it's, it pisses me off because like a mathematician should know that. Like anybody that's talking about causality and has like several PhDs and one of them is in mathematics should know better than yeah. Sam Jackson does. Fair enough. Um, I still love him in it. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Come on the show, Maze Windu. All right, should we throw it to endorsements? Yeah. You didn't have anything else physically to say, Alan? I feel like we're leaving a lot on the table here. I mean, I was just going to talk about like the different ways you could time travel. Okay, so what? Yeah, please tell me what are the different ways you can time travel. Well, I talked about this in the Q and A a bit, but time machine. There's like th- <laughs> time hole. Time hole. There's like three different ways that we, in our modern conception of physics, there's three ways that it seemed like it could be possible to time travel, but they don't seem possible in this universe. Or likely, I guess. So one is a wormhole. Um, but the problem is that it seems like you need negative mass to hold open a wormhole uh, for long enough to get through it. And we've never seen negative mass in the universe. Um, and then another one is going around an infinitely long cylinder that somehow can yeah. take you back in time. Yeah, you said that before. And I just like my mind is still <laughs> fucking blown on this. I thought Sam might have. That's the gravitational field, right? Like an infinitely long, massive cylinder. Yeah. So it's the gravity of the cylinder that would make that trip around a trip through time. Why? The gravity? Yeah. You're like saying it's you not just the ge- No, 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 no. I'm saying it's not just the geometry of the cylinder. It's the the fact that it has a it's gravitational a massive, field. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Infinitely long, massive cylinder. Right. Yeah. But we haven't seen an infinitely long, massive cylinder in the universe. What about and if it's <laughs> not, I mean, it's finite. It doesn't work. What about just reason? running really fast backwards? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you were doing it around an infinitely long cylinder, that would totally work. Yeah. Okay. He's right. Thanks. I got my PhD in <laughs> being a genius. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is if the entire universe is spinning. Basically, it's the same thing. You could go around the wrong way and come back before you started. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. But it doesn't seem like the entire universe is spinning. So, yeah, those are the only three ways that we know of that you could time travel, but it doesn't seem like uh, any of them are possible. Yeah. Sorry, folks. Sorry, gang. But there is like a thing in, in general relativity, right, where there's like a place where you could definitely have negative mass as a solution. Is that right? Or is it negative mass is, yeah. I mean, it's it's consistent with the laws of physics. We just right. have never observed, observed it. it. Yeah. yeah. Kick ass. Um, should we throw it to endorsements? <laughs> yeah, one. All right, Raph, what, what do you got? There's this, like, a couple years ago, there was this uh, story on... Because uh, of football and space stuff uh, uh, called SB Nation, a website, SB Nation, which oh, I, yeah. I doubt any of our listeners are familiar with. It's called What Football Will Look Like in the Future. Oh. And, and, and <laughs> this, this. the title is 17,776. And it's a sort of like narrative, multimedia narrative um, written by this guy, John Boyce, I think is how you say his name. It's 
fucking unreal. Like it is really, really something. Um, like I consumed it. In, it took me hours, but I consumed. I it remember in one this, sitting. and I, I really wanted to. Yeah, I, I should get back to it. I really wanted started to, at the to beginning. Read it, it's really and it was it's just a, like it's hours worth of reading, but it is really, really fascinating. <laughs> um, and I, I don't want to give anything away about it. And it's not. It, it is it's sort of interactive, right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Multimedia interactive narrative about the future of football. Yeah. Someone said something. I don't want to give too much away at all, but said someone said something on this podcast that reminded me of it. All right, Sam, what do you got? I started watching Cheer on Netflix. What is Sometimes it? Sometimes you want to go. Do you like it? It's so good <laughs> Wait, and terrible. Cheer? Cheer. It's like oh, a documentary right. series. Not Cheers. About cheerleaders? About cheerleaders, yeah. And it's uh, <laughs> really addictive. There's only six episodes. But uh, one cool. of the one of the guys, Jerry, is like my new favorite Ooh. human being. Jerry yeah. from Seinfeld. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's a cheerleader. He's a cheerleader, but he's Jerry, only ever. On I the am Jerry screen. from the planet Seinfeld. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good show. It's terrible. You should all watch it. Alan, what do you got? I don't have anything. You got nothing. It's very hard to come up with an endorsement. I was thinking about this. It's hard to come up with an endorsement every week. Is it? I is don't it? know about that. It just name something you did <laughs> in the last week. Yeah, that people you named Steve. I didn't do anything. Pooping. <laughs> You Wait, you didn't enjoy the movie we saw? <laughs> Japanese curry. I hate that movie. You saw Parasite? I did like Parasite. I can endorse Parasite, but that's kind of ch- lame. That's fine. No, I, I've got a fresh movie yeah. endorsement, but it's only one scene. <laughs> Carolyn and I watched a marriage very story. Stressful movie. Yeah, very stressful movie. Wonderfully acted. Yeah. And like my old roommate, Marco, um, a friend of the show, and and just a generally cool dude. Um, one of his old classmates from high school was a Juilliard student. And so we used to go see this guy perform at Juilliard. And so this was when Oscar Isaac was there and Adam Driver. And I've, I've sort of been following those dudes' careers forever just because, you know, seeing them when they were like enormously talented college students. Um, and so Adam Driver is unbelievable in A Marriage Story. But yeah. specifically he sings like a Stephen Sondheim song from the, the show company called being alive, which like, I'm not a big Sondheim fan. I'm just not generally a big musical person. Um, but as somebody who spent a lot of time sort of trying to understand the right way to emote through a song and what it means to emote through a song and like what energy you're sort of supposed to be channeling and all that kind of stuff. It was amazing to see someone channel their craft so flawlessly from acting to song. Um, And yeah, the scene where he sings being alive at the end of a marriage story knocked my socks off. Strong recommend go check out Adam Driver's version of being alive or in, that whole movie yeah that whole movie if it's amazing did you know that when um scenes from marriage came out that year the divorce rate in sweden like quadrupled <laughs> <laughs> that's a great fact i really like that one that's spectacular mm. um all right guys thanks so much for tuning in you can follow us on social media but i'm don't. on what but don't but don't you can follow us on twitter i'm at asher lack at highly effulgent at underscore perkwunos you're really just not going to spell that eh? underscore p-e-r-k-u wait hold on k-w <laughs> p-e-r-k-w-w-u-n-o-s i thought it was pretty pretty ridiculous that no one had taken case of piles
which is Sam's Twitter handle. Um, you can follow the show at Robot House Pod, uh, spelled H A U S on Twitter and Instagram. And Until next time. <laughs> Until next time, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. See so ya. is it like queso piles? Like, ke- like the like queso piles. No, there's an F. There's an F in there. All right. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>